A boy can't have extra mental abilities without having regular mental abilities. <laughs> you know what I'm Aww, thanks, man. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Keenan and Cal with Adam and Aaron. I'm Adam. I'm Aaron. And we're back for episode four of this season, Mental Calepathy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one, people. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I, think, uh, I think we had some like home runs of the past <laughs> so far this season. Uh, this, this might be a, a, like, a, like a double <laughs> in my books, but it's a... Uh, Definitely, I had a good time uh, watching it. I agree. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. A little bit of a different dynamic than the past couple episodes, but we're we're starting to ease into the groove of the show now. So yeah, uh, we we got a, a bunch of great firsts this episode. Exactly. <laughs> when it comes to things that stick around for a long time. Yeah, we're we're getting we're like building the stories around the characters really. Yeah, you you uh, I guess uh, Kel's been in the background a little bit, He's starting to come into his own a little bit more and. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm all for it. Me too. So let's let's get going. Okay. Superheroes with superpowers have been at the heart of human stories since the beginning. Hercules had superhuman strength. Odysseus had legendary archery skills. Jesus walked on water. These physical feats are the cornerstones of the heroes of history. But when physical prowess is unmatched, psychological powers come into play. This interesting dichotomy is where legend sometimes becomes belief. For some reason or another, millions around the globe believe in extrasensory perception, or ESP, and psychic powers. Perhaps psychic powers are more believable than physical powers. You can see somebody's muscles and posture, but you can't see the inner workings of their mind. In this way, the fine line between story and reality becomes not so fine. There's an ambiguity behind the powers of the human brain. For a curious Kel Kimball, the term mental ambiguity doesn't quite cut it. There's something else at play here, something more mysterious than your run-of-the-mill psychic capacities. Kel's mind is different, unique, extraordinary, never to be forgotten. No, the story of this young Chicago native's telepathic powers will be remembered for ages to come. Uh, so we start on stage with uh, Keenan and Kel introducing themselves. I'm known as Keenan. I'm known as Kel. Uh, and something different happens this time. <laughs> oh, do you want to? <laughs> sure, I'll explain it. So Kel asks Keenan to move over. So Keenan does. And then a giant boulder falls from the sky. <laughs> right where Keenan was standing. And Keenan asks Kel how he knows that was going to happen, and Kel says, I guess I just know. What do you think of the boulder prop? Um, very dramatic. Why, <laughs> yeah. why did, okay, so if this episode, we'll get back to it, we'll get back to this point, because we're going to talk about it a lot, but, but he just somehow knew that a boulder in the, was going to fall on the stage in the middle of nowhere. It was, uh, uh, it got your attention, a good hook. Uh, yeah, that's a great hook. Because <laughs> you, you can watch any other episode of Keenan and Kel, and that intro will not happen. You'll not see a giant stone <laughs> from like Indiana Jones fall in the middle of them. Yeah, it was a good literary device for sure. All right. Yep. Then we uh, hop right into the episode. 
Uh, the Rock Mars are playing a board game <laughs> of sorts. Uh, it it looks like Monopoly, but it's yes. definitely not. Uh, what things keyed you off to the fact that it's not Monopoly? Uh, that uh, Mr. Rockmore got sent to the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also uh, lands somewhere and he has to pay like $7,000. Yep. And that yep. doesn't bankrupt him. <laughs> like that's, that's a lot of money for Monopoly. <laughs> and, and they're all just holding their money in their hand. It's like mm. it's small paper money. I think someone um, loses a turn as well, but... Yep. Uh, so Cal is joining them for a game. Yeah, Keenan and Cal come into the room. They're coming through the door, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> well, the the kitchen is now an open layout, mm-hmm. so they just kind of walk right over. Oh, okay, uh, we do not have we have not set up the kitchen door yet. No. <laughs> eventually, eventually that grows into the. They get a renovation. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yep. They come in uh, with their snacks and uh, ready to play a game. And Kel drops some knowledge that he knows about various members of the family. So he tells Mrs. Rockmore. Uh, he gives her a diet soda, and he says, I know you want to diet because you're trying to lose five pounds. Yep. Uh, he outlines that Keenan has a crush on a girl named Naomi. Naomi, Naomi, something like that. <laughs> Naomi, right. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rockmore, uh, what does he have? Oh, Mr. Rockmore has three cavities. Yep. And it sounds like a... <laughs> and yeah, no, he, and he slowly kind of goes through the family and very casually drops this inside knowledge about them, and everybody's pretty confused. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I, I mean, that's that's uh, the scene. Well, it, there's a couple more occasions. The he knows that the phone's gonna ring. He knows, knows who's who's gonna be on the phone, and uh, but ultimately the the scene ends with them all going. Cal must be like psychic or something. Then don't ask him about it, and it just cuts the next scene. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> a whole day goes by, and Keenan's like, thinking about it, yep. but no one... Nobody, like, does anything right there. They just keep playing the board game. What I really yeah. liked about this scene is when uh, Kel outs Keenan for having a crush on Naomi, and Keenan starts to blush, and uh, <laughs> the whole family's like, ooh, Naomi. Um, and <laughs> and then Keenan... Keenan goes, I'm not blushing, I have asthma. <laughs> His dad goes, you don't have no asthma. So uh, I, I got yeah. a good kick out of that. That's a strong word coming from someone that gets puffy. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure how good his <laughs> Roger's diagnostics are <laughs> when it comes to... <laughs> he, other does, people. he seems slightly distant from his whole family, even though he's spending all day with them. Anyways. I also think it's, it's pretty weird how they spent a lot of time on Kel... Really wanted to roll a 10. Yeah. Doesn't really credit his psychicness if he's like begging the dice to become a 10. He rolls a 10, but he would be. Shouldn't he? He should probably say something like, I know I'm going to roll a 10. Something along the lines of, yeah, like like a knowledge, <laughs> not just <laughs> asking the dice gods to. Yeah, that's not yeah. very psychic. Guess we cut to. to uh, Rigby's grocery store, where Keenan's telling Chris all about his troubles with Kel's psychic premonitions. Which, uh, <clears throat> great exchange between them. Yes. Uh, he says, how did he know I have a crush? And Chris is like, who? Kel! You have a crush on Kel? <laughs> it's, it's a very good back and forth. Very fun. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of comedy that the show does. Uh, comically missing the point. Yes. It's called. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like uh, Cal that. Does yeah, it a lot more in later seasons. And it's very simple comedy, and it's, it yeah. only it works very well in the sitcom setting. And, and it's built into the writing. Like that's something you are clever with in the writers' room. Yeah, <laughs> that you bring to the show. You don't uh, discover that on on set. Right. Exactly. But Keenan asked uh, Chris, "Have you noticed anything strange about Cal lately?" <laughs> and in comes Cal. <laughs> to, to deliver uh, the most notable thing that Kel does ever in the <laughs> entire show. Yes, he. So Kel breaks into song, and he, <laughs> as he walks near the cooler or the refrigerator, and he says, Who loves orange soda? <laughs> Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? Is it true? Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, it's true. Ooh. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do, ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I do, I do, I do, ooh. Oh, I messed it up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's do, ooh. I even wrote it down verbatim. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one's a little different, too, right? Because he, he just says, is it true, twice. And I think he, it's true, ooh, ooh, twice as well. It's, uh... Yeah, it, it, it's it's the beginning of many, Kel. You know, we're, we're probably just going to cut what I sang. Uh, no, we'll, we'll leave it in. We'll leave it in. We're just going to put in so you guys can hear it. We've evolved. We've officially evolved from Kel that loves ham to Kel that loves orange soda. He's been drinking it throughout like the past couple episodes, but now it comes out. And yeah, that becomes a defining trait. I wonder if that head. was just something that like Kel Mitchell like loved, so he would just drink it. And then it became this big thing. Or I wonder if it was always written in. Yeah, it's uh, I, I can see him gravitating towards that prop. I know that he has expressed that he likes orange soda just regularly. Like in interviews and stuff after the fact. Yeah, yeah. So it probably was both. Probably both and. It has been said and it'll be continue to be said throughout the episode, uh, throughout the season. So I'm keeping a counter here. <laughs> see how many uh, orange soda declarations we have. Good. The show. Good. This is knowledge we really need. <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, can't wait to find out the, the true number. Because <laughs> nobody's ever done this count before, by the way. No. It, <laughs> We're it's, making history. I've looked on the Keenan Kel wiki. And <laughs> there's, I mean, they call out some stuff, like things that Keenan asked Kel to get at the end of the episode, but nothing official. So here it is. We're documenting. Uh, they talk to Kel about his psychic powers, and Chris tries to prove it by asking him uh, what, uh, you know, tell him something about himself that he, no one should know. And Chris, and he reveals something, a fear of Chris's, which is... Um, being chased by a giant bunny. <laughs> yep. Which at first sounds ridiculous, but he turns to Keenan and confesses that it's true. What I love about this is he doesn't turn to Keenan. He goes, excuse me for a second. He runs back to Keenan, and then he yells, "How did he know that?" And that's what I just—I love that about about the sitcom because Kel is still like right there. He's only about—he's yeah. only about like fifteen feet away, and he's just like yelling to Keenan. Very often in a small uh, corner store, yes. people having separate conversations, very loud separate conversations. Uh, yeah, it happens in every corner store we know. So, but it's <laughs> nice to see uh, this wackier side of Chris. Yeah, that definitely comes out as the show goes. Yeah, he he becomes a good supporting character. Uh, definitely in this episode. Uh, yeah, uh, Keenan laughs at Chris, 
and then escorts Kel to the other room as he assembles a, a, a breakfast or lunch or something. <laughs> Just out of a bunch something. of something. stuff around. Anything else about the scene? So, yeah, before they go to the back room, Keenan <laughs> turns to Chris and he says, Hey, Chris, look out behind you. There's a big old bunny. <laughs> and Chris freaks out. And then uh, and then we go into the back room. Yeah. Uh, here, Keenan confronts Kel about all the psychic stuff that he's done so far. And again, like I, said, I noted here, Kel never like denounced this like the previous night. Everyone's just like, he's psychic, and Kel just said nothing, which I think speaks to his uh, mental capabilities. Yeah, I mean, he's so innocent in, in, all, in all meanings of the word, you know. Yeah, and you have to address him directly if you want like an answer of any kind. Yeah, well, let's let's explain. Um, how did he know that that Chris was uh, afraid of being chased by a giant bunny and that he had nightmares about it? He had overheard Chris in his sleep, uh, and he motions to the bed that's in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know about Chris and the giant bunny web? Uh, oh, once I came back here, he was taking a nap, right? Uh-huh. He was talking in his sleep like this. Go away, giant bunny! Go away! I'm not a carrot! Go away! Okay. Why does Chris sleep at Rigby's? Why does Kel go to the back? Yeah, both of those <laughs> things should be happening here. What I love about this back office in Rigby's and the storage, it's like as big as the store, you know? It, it's, oh yeah, it's, it's the same it's size. It's about the same size. So, I just, I just like that setup, but... um. Yep, and then, so then Keenan asks, you know, how did you know about uh, the phone, like, the phone ringing? And he explains that uh, there's a little light that blinks. Right before it rings, yeah. Uh, how does he know about, uh, let's see, it was uh, his dad's cavities. Uh, he goes to the same dentist, and he looked in his file, <laughs> which of course happens. <laughs> I, I, I want to see that scene of, like, I, I you don't recall our family dentist growing up they're like behind everyone that works there is the filing system yeah this definitely seems like pre-hipaa days <laughs> like you can't yeah, just true. go into an office and look at somebody's <laughs> oh oh you know no 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 a hipaa is 1996 so uh oh, so right on the money <laughs> right right around that time isn't like the information that you give a dentist like like everything about you like your social security number and everything definitely a, definitely a lot of stuff it probably pretty wasn't cr- easy. <laughs> pretty criminal for like kel technically knows keenan's dad's social security <laughs> you can pull a pretty effective fraud and, and but what he focused on was that uh he has three cavities anyways um <laughs> another thing uh how did kel know that who, who was going to call on the phone specifically it was uh Cheryl's uh, friend from high school that she hasn't talked to in 15 years named that's on here somewhere Claire Mantel <laughs> uh, uh, yes uh, he she called earlier and he said call back at 7 yep <laughs> but Kel didn't <laughs> they, say that when they asked no. him nope uh, and then he knew about Naomi because he re- read Keenan's diary <laughs> and it's pretty much that simple that those, those are the uh, that's the extent of Kel's mental telepathy. <laughs> What is not addressed is how he knew his mom is trying to lose five pounds. Oh, good point. Yeah, we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. Like, she left out, like, a, you know, tips to lose five pounds magazine or something. Something, something. Um, yeah, good good catch. I, did not, I didn't see that one. 
Uh, but for whatever reason, yeah, they, they go through, like, point by point. And yet, no, Kel just happened to, uh, you know, is very nosy and pays attention to Keenan's diary because his life's so interesting. <laughs> Which I think is funny because I think so far in the entire show, Keenan's never been shown without Kel, like, nearby. So what yep. is he writing about that? Yeah, for real. Well, it's funny. We don't see them at school yet. You know, we just see them at their house right. and at work. I don't think we're going to see them at school for, like, the entire, like, first season. Yeah, it's a while. It's a while. Okay, so while this is all happening, Keenan is cooking up a diabolical plot. Yes. His plan is that we, we're going to convince everyone that you're psychic so that we can become famous. <laughs> because this is this is almost always Keenan's goal, right? It, it's to get rich, become famous. Yep, this is pretty much the the, the drives of every fifteen year old. Yes, uh, he he has a really great uh, quote here, probably my quote of the episode, which is that he says to uh, he says to Kel that uh, a boy can't have extra mental abilities without having regular mental abilities. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to which Kel agrees. He says, aw, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And Keenan is... It, it's really interesting because the dynamic between Keenan and Kel is like, Keenan is, is trying to like guide and direct Kel, who doesn't know any better. And this is a, yes. very, a theme that's very evident throughout the whole entire series. Uh, but definitely in this episode and then the first season. Absolutely. Uh, so, so, yeah, yep, they uh, uh, they rush back out to Chris and Keenan immediately wants to start trying to use Kel to make his life better. So Kel, uh, in front of Chris, has a vision. <laughs> what does he see? He sees a sign. <laughs> and behind, on the set behind him is a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with it, like you know, it's like three for a, a dollar or whatever. Yes, and some then, kind of. Yeah, yeah. He, and then he says he see. And then it involves the number three, right? And he's clearly just looking at the sign. Yeah, and Keenan adds that three mean it must mean danger, and and uh, yep. Then he they tell Chris that um, Keenan has a cold, and uh, Cal has seen that he'd get sick if Keenan doesn't go home right away. <laughs> so it's a lot of Keenan pushing Kel. And by, by the way, that's a. In our current uh, like pandemic state right now, there's a lot of weird vibes with uh, Keenan's plans to like go home uh, sick because like that just like they rung a bell for me because he says to Chris he's like but Chris I don't feel sick <laughs> and Chris is like no yo you're clearly contagious or whatever <laughs> and then and then Keenan says this is this is one of my favorite lines from the episode he goes but Chris. And he gives like this this Keenan look, you know the Keenan look. He says, "I want to work." <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's people not working nowadays. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> the, like, the, the. I want to work. That's exactly the state we're in in no, quarantine. Got to stay at home. <laughs> With that Keenan yes. stare, maybe at least for the first couple days. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the two of them exit the scene, and someone comes in to buy some stuff from Chris. Uh, Chris rings them up, and their to his total comes to three thirty-three, which Chris reacts. Oh, I'm sorry, we missed the scene. We did. <laughs> there, there was a brief. Yeah. There's a cutaway. There was there was a strange cutaway. I mean, I don't blame you for missing it. It was one of the only cutaways we've seen so far. And it could have been 
like at any point of the episode, I realized. <laughs> like l- later when like they could have said, "Oh, I wonder what Chris is doing now." And yeah, but they just they threw it in. So so Chris rushes to the back. Keenan and Kel are at the counter, and then you see Chris on the phone. He's hello. Is this three 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 three? Which is great. That's a that's a great way to take the joke. Just he's calling that number. Yeah. It's so nineteen ninety six. He says, What do you know about my future? <laughs> and they hang up, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good, that's good. Uh but yeah, no, the uh the total of the guy's uh, order is three thirty three, to which Chris responds by Out! Get out <laughs> And he sprays him with a fire extinguisher. Yes, yes. What? Like, what? why was that okay? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and I'm looking at the scene where Chris was in the back right now. I'm looking at this, the screenshot almost. And uh, first off, there's a lot going on in the back. There's a sink. There's a TV. There's a clipboard hanging up. He, but, he lives there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also another fire extinguisher on the wall. And the one he sprays him with is like this silver giant contraption. Oh, that, I, I think that's code. It, I think it makes sense to me. You said you said yourself, both halves of the store are the same size. So it's like, all right, they got one for the front and one for the back. Oh, uh, okay. It's, I think it's fair. I know, but I know, but the one the one in the front is like massive and silver. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's not the first time I, I I recall from some other season one episodes that uh, we see that fire hydrant again. Becomes <laughs> fire extinguisher. Chris's yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, fire signature yeah. It becomes Chris's signature weapon in a way. <laughs> Because he need he needs some protection, absolutely from the horrors of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, now we move along to uh, Keenan's room. I, I I did notice something this episode. What's that? Uh, we I haven't seen a transition in a while. Like remember you remember we had a bunch yeah. of fun ones during the uh, uh, the t- screwing the tune episode. Yeah yeah yeah. And uh, I I think maybe Hemingway had a couple, but nothing this go round. <laughs> No, I mean, I I did see a couple. Uh, I mean, one was the at the end of the first scene when they're in the in their the Rockmore household. Um, they, there's a big question mark at the end, and then <laughs> right. uh, and then later on this episode, we'll, we'll get there. But there's another good transition. Uh, but yeah, they're they're not like you know they're more subtle because probably because post production realized we would probably get this episode done a lot faster if we didn't have to do all this complicated. Uh, you know, in '96, it wasn't that easy to. Yeah, and that's again them refining it. I think uh, later seasons, like every episode, has a really has something notable. Yeah, some yeah. kind of animation peak of, of sorts. And it's nothing compares like the the when they say so so in one scene, right? <laughs> like the like screen too. That's that's pretty. That's still like top of the food chain. Right, but. right. All right, we are back in Keenan's bedroom, which appears to have more pictures hung up and more objects and trinkets each time we go in it yeah i noticed a couple more items that are are like spread throughout the room that weren't here last time they're pretty cool like what uh he has a punching bag now oh well that's true yes of course right right above the radiator i do not recall that from the the last go round. uh he has a filing cabinet yeah for all of his diabolical schemes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah they're just alphabetically organized um let's see and uh, uh he also has a keyboard yep he has got a little mini keyboard he's got a skateboard um he's got oh, lots of boards lots of boards he's got a, a desk 
um, which isn't up against the wall because it's a set, you know, <laughs> the desk is kind of floating. And then you got those, uh, the dentures that, that you wind up and they chop, 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 chop. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of cool stuff. I, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of them, um, it's kind of strange. Like, you know, Ken, he wears a lot of sports jerseys, but I don't see him as like a, oh, I'm going to hit the punching bag <laughs> this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Um, definitely like comic book stuff. A lot of like women from magazines, like ripped out and and uh, yeah, yeah, giant posters. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I mean, <laughs> it would be like a Keenan and Kel fan. Um, I don't know. It'd be like the gold mine to go and like look through Keenan Thompson's room, <laughs> like the set of Keenan's room, because it's yeah, it's just right. like it's the embodiment of Keenan Rockmore, you know. And, and yeah, maybe that might be something said to like the the set direction and how they're like, you know, oh yeah, he's just a, he's a teenage kid. You know, he likes all the things that teenage kids like and they just filled it with that kind of junk. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure Keenan and Cal both had a say in what goes in the room. Oh, that's true. I, I wonder if there's any noteworthy stuff about that. When, when we get them on the podcast one day, we'll ask. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's I, a, I can't a, be that hard to get a hold of them. <laughs> I mean, Keenan. Question me. number one. I, I think Cal is probably more accessible. <laughs> no <laughs> offense to Cal Mitchell. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I mean, yeah. We'll get into that all after after we're done each episode. We'll start talking about <laughs> biographies. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, so, yes, uh, inside Keenan's room, they start discussing... Uh, uh, Keenan tells Kel a bunch of things that he knows about his family that they don't know that he knows to give Kel... Uh, basically, to convince the family more than they already believe right. that he's psychic. Right, right, yeah. because they definitely need more convincing. Which is up for debate, you know. I don't. I mean, it's, they were pretty like into it already. They, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like they already seemed pretty on board. But anyways, um, so Keenan, yeah, I do want to say that this uh the episode gets a little. I know that I, I watched. I usually watch the episode twice. Uh, when we talk about it. like one like a week ago, <laughs> then I muse on it. Then like right before the episode we record, uh, but it's a very ep- repetitive episode. In terms yeah. of, like, you know, they list things and they explain the things. Or, in this case, Keenan lists things and later Kel, like, delivers them. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I, but, I, yeah, I noticed that as well. And then there's always, like, a little outrage with when the list comes out. You know, it's like, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good lists later on the episode. And some good moments, but let's keep going. All right, so what does Keenan tell Kel about his family? That uh, his mom used to call his dad Snugglebutt. Yep, when they first started dating. Yep, Kyra likes older boys. Which is not something that everyone knows that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows Kyra no has secret. a massive crush on Kel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, next, that his mother was suspended from college for streaking. Yes, <laughs> which uh, was something that happened in the 70s, uh, according to everyone. <laughs> and so I, if you recall last episode... We got into uh, Mrs. Mrs. Rockmore's age a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some discrepancies. So I ran the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> if she was in college in the 70s, that means she's between the age of 35 and 48. Assuming that she's wait, like wait, the wait, youngest. Wait. You said 35 and 48? Yes. Oh, because the 70s are. Okay, okay. Okay. The continue, 70s continue. is that. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah, it. The decade. That span of like 10 years right. and. If she was, I think that's the range of like if she was the oldest in seventy or the youngest right. in seventy nine. So technically, any of those could be correct. So that 
kind of puts her where we were saying, like, you know, yeah, like in the 40s. She probably right, didn't yeah. have Keenan when she was 20, but she might have. I would be, yes, I think uh, it's definitely a post-college thing. I'm not sure how the snuggle butt timeline lines up. <laughs> I don't know how anything lines up, but but we're getting there. We're getting closer to the... Uh... Right. But, you know, if she was streaking in the 70s, then that means she would be 35 by this time, which means, yeah. Okay, at, at least, at, at least. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're good. They covered their bases. They did their nice homework. Nice job. Nice job, Dan Schneider. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he wrote this episode. I don't think, I think he did. I just keep saying, I just always say Dan <laughs> Because every time when I was watching Nickelodeon as a kid, it was like, produced by Dan Schneider. Maybe we'll get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's got a questionable history in recent years. I'm sure, I'm sure. I, want <laughs> I wonder how big his house is. I, but the, the team that uh, got into, uh, that did this episode, was the same that wrote this episode, same one that wrote the past two. Uh, Kevin Coppolo and Heath Seiferts, uh, I think so their names. Seiferts. Seiferts. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get these people on the show. <laughs> I agree. I, I I looked into their uh, IMDb a little bit because uh, this scene that we're about to see about uh, he, uh, Cal practices his uh, psychic like psychic stare. Look. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, I was desperate to find the connection between this episode and the 2003 Disney Channel oh, yeah. show, oh, yeah. That's So Raven. Yep, I thought of the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, a show about an, uh, an African-American teen who also has, like, uh, psychic visions. Yep, Raven's, Raven Baxter. Yep, uh, Raven Simone. Uh, Raven, similar... Simo Raven Simone plays Raven Baxter. Yeah, same thing about the Keenan and Kel right, the <laughs> dynamic yeah, with that, yeah, right? Yeah. Same the name, same name, but different. Yep. Um, and uh, her her dad, Vic, uh, Victor Baxter, in that show, plays a character in a later Keenan and Kel episode. Like that's the one connection. Oh, that, that I found. This is some juicy Keenan and Kel uh, <laughs> deep diving. <laughs> sure. And you know, ninety six to two thousand three. That's enough time for people to get inspired by it. Okay, so what did we already list in the past episodes that Keenan and Kel inspired? Google. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was the other? There and was now, another one, but uh, yeah, that's so Raven, which was an incredibly successful show, and did. Oh yeah, one of the best Disney Channel shows. They had like over a hundred episodes. Oh yeah, they did a lot of crossovers with other shows. It was very dynamic. Yeah, uh, but uh, what I did see is that these two creators that wrote this episode. Went on to do a Disney Channel show. I think it's past our time. It's called like Allie and AJ or something. Oh it's yeah, like, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I think I I remember hearing about that when I was still in uh, high school. Yeah, twenty uh, tens or so, or something like oh, that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of like uh, they missed it by like a hair. <laughs> like they were seven years off from being right. a direct connection to. Right. I mean, I'm sure Disney and you know this is before Disney was as big as it is in 2020. But I'm sure there was some overlap between Disney and Nickelodeon. Like there had sure, there yeah. had to be. Um, yeah, people on the set that worked on the other show and yeah. whatnot. Somebody watching this episode saying, "I have an idea." <laughs> yeah, but that was yeah. The, the stare is is very very like. I just love like it's classic Keenan because he's like, "No, no, no, you're not doing it right. You got to do it like this." And then he gives the most ridiculous like lip quivering, hands <laughs> touching his temples, like eyes blinking. <laughs> and and he's trying to get Kel to do it and Kel's doing it and it just looks it looks fantastic. Yes, uh, very good look to him. Anything else about this guy, this guy or should we hop to the uh, kitchen? No, let's go to the next one. We covered it. 
All right, it's dinner time. Uh, the Rockmores minus Keenan, I guess, are gonna go see a movie. The uh, <laughs> what's the name of the movie? Oh, what was it? Um, oh, the the nasty puppy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Kel, uh, as, as he does in a later episode where they go to the movie theater, <laughs> spoils the ending. Yeah. That the puppy gets the ball in the end. Yep. <laughs> Which is a a bad. That's a bad spoiler. That shouldn't ruin the entire movie. But but of course they're so angry. <laughs> well, I said I said so angry. I'm looking at a, a clip of when when Mr. Rockmore is just <laughs> furious. Oh, he's really, he's, he's always really... furious. <laughs> <laughs> he, he plays such a funny character. He's, he's just he's so grumpy, just continuously. <laughs> well, then he does things like go to the carnival and and go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they knew very early on that uh, seeing his grumpy dad do silly things is great. Yes. Uh, but yes, Cal uh, starts to do the vision face and start drops knowledge that we had just learned in the past scene on the family, mm-hmm. including the name Snugglebutt. Snugglebutt. Uh, he he points to Keenan's dad and says, "You like older boys." <laughs> <laughs> Keenan's dad stands and, up, says, "What? <laughs> what?" And then changes to Kyra, which that's uh, it's good. Uh, yes, and then they uh, yeah he sees. A vision of his mother streaking, to which she covers his eyes. <laughs> That's how visions work. Uh, yes, so they uh, very are very spooked by Kel's uh, callouts, and they go uh, like you know go to leave. Keen Kel has another vision, uh, which I like this because we didn't learn about this one or in the blast scene. It's new information. Yeah, yeah, it, it's nice. It's nice. It's refreshing <laughs> almost. So yeah. Kel's vision is that he's, he's basically it's all broken up, uh, and he says, "I see Keenan at school accident." <laughs> His mom is, "Oh, oh well, there's not going to be any accident at school if Keenan's not at school." <laughs> so Keenan, no school for eight the next eight days. Yep, you know, eight days a week. Yep. Well, I don't know why. I think that was that was a weird piece of writing, right? Because because Kel said it was going to be in the next week, and so she said, "Okay, for the next seven days plus one." Like she did all this extra thinking, yeah, <laughs> including, including the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> like, she just, didn't even mention it. She's like, "Okay, the next." I was like, "What?" Anyways, and, and Keenan has a similar outrage of like, "I want to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> I want to and learn." Again, some real. <laughs> coronavirus vibes oh yeah oh yeah of just you can't go to school you have to stay home it's what everybody's everybody wishes that they could just stay home but it's like a 15 year old's dream in 96 is now like reality's nightmare yeah exactly (laughs) how how ominous again so so how is weird is it that this the episode about kel being a psychic is unfolding oh. before our eyes in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm surprised in some scene he didn't like shout like 2020 and there was yeah, right? misleading like that. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, but yes, no. Uh, I, I guess uh, after this we go back to Rigby's to uh, a very awkward scene. <laughs> it's almost unnecessary. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what I imagine is what the the maker the creators of Keenan Kel did is they like set out like an acting I, I I I don't know exactly how studios do it but they're like you know I think they send out like props like uh uh you remember last episode it's like all right we need a big scary guy to say I'm Brian yep 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 they're like okay we need triplets <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't care how old they are 
but we need triplets. We'll dress them the same. Because <laughs> that's how all triplets dress. Yeah. Because, yeah, three uh, three very young triplets appear. Uh, very bad actors. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they did that bad. I... Uh, th- I didn't think they did that great. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you expect? They're just triplets. Yeah, they're just triplets, just little kids, and they're... But, uh, yeah. yeah, they explained to Chris how they came in to have potato chips. And Chris uh, is very freaked out. Yep, and then they basically... <laughs> they basically just, like, they think he's very weird, and they, they walk out, and then he, like, he, he chases them out, and he says, Aren't you gonna hurt me? <laughs> yeah. What what do you know about me? Don't you want to hurt me? Yes. It's like what he's looking for it. Um it's kind of, that's kind of funny. I mean, I think that kind of says something about the whole psychic thing. It's like if if you do look for it, you will probably eventually find whatever your the psychic says. It, it's a little weird that that's the end of the uh uh like the three uh the I guess it's like rule of three almost. Uh, like, all right, yeah, he, he called the phone, he got he did the cash register thing, and then he saw triplets. But but he's in the rest of the episode, and the three thing doesn't come up anymore. Yeah, maybe it just internalizes his angst. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and we'll never... Uh... He, he's very skittish. But uh, actually, I want to get into what you just mentioned about, uh, yeah, uh, psychic visions and stuff like that. And that's something, I guess, that's so Raven gets into a bit. But <laughs> it's uh, things that... Just because you learn about it, like, that affects what it is sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole premise of That's So Raven. Yeah, she has a vision of something that's happened in the future, and it may or may not happen, <laughs> depending on, like, how she interacts with the world and how circumstances come to pass. And yeah. sometimes it occurs, and it's not the way that she thought it would. Sometimes. That's every episode. <laughs> um, but it, it usually is her actions end up making it happen. Right. And, right, and this is very much, uh, um, yeah, man's relationship with with the future and the past. Right, this is what what was echoed in the Dan Carlin intro. Um, so yeah, it's it is it is funny how people react when they have information that they believe will happen, but they don't necessarily know will happen. Right, uh, kind of make you kind of make it happen. I mean, this is kind of how reality works you make things happen by your actions but it's just funny when you put a comedic spin on it in college I had an anthropology professor that told that, that I forget the anecdote exactly but he told a story of a relative of his who like warned him about like slipping and falling because they go to a psychic and like, they, <laughs> they, they, they said something about that and he it didn't happen to him and he like told them on the phone he's like yeah no I I, I went through my whole week and nothing happened and, and she said that's because I told you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's like he's making a lot of money just covering all the bases. That. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, we're not trying to dish uh, diss psychics out here, but you know, um, this episode is not really uh, that much about psychics. <laughs> no, it's more about. Uh, it, I think uh, we've hit a couple chords of the past episode. Uh, uh, not the moral of the last one, but a lot of the running theme of. Keenan's, I guess, vice is greed and uh, lying. Yep. <laughs> yep. Both very evident. Uh, yep. He they get a, he gets a call from the Kevin Conway show. Kevin Conway, no relation to Kevin Costner. <laughs> no. And I, Kevin Conway is a, a nothing thing. I, I looked it up. I think there's some like uh, D-list actor named Kevin Conway, but has nothing to do with this guy. Uh, I guess it's a reality show in this 
in this world that set in Chicago. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, and he's going to interview him for being psychic, and it's their chance to get famous. And Kel adamantly does not want to be on the show. <laughs> not at because- all. He, he knows that he's a dirty liar, and Keenan just keeps pressuring him to do it. And then uh, they eventually end up going to the back of the store, where Kel says my favorite line of the episode. <clears throat> Keenan, I'm not a psychic. Man, I can't predict the future. I'm still confused about the past. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very good. It's very, very good. <laughs> it's like- so good. If I was around that, I'd say, like, I'm still confused about the presence, but the past is, like, even, even better. It's so, it's Just so funny. His whole life. What a funny thing to say. <laughs> it's like, how innocent is Kel? Like, he yes. actually doesn't know how he got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and it, then I guess we cut to an implied scene of, of Keenan and Kel just kind of chasing each other around the neighborhood. And, and Kel, uh, they get back to the Rockmore's house. And Cal starts listing all the things that Keenan has gotten him in trouble for yep. in the past. Yep. He's like crazy schemes. Yep. Which are some pretty, like, it's some funny stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, wearing pantyhose. <laughs> yes. Uh, tickling that police officer. Getting bar mitzvahed, which Keenan corrects to bar mitzvahed. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which can't be a bad thing. No, but I, I mean, about I it. mean, there is a lot of, uh, of religious kind of, like... I don't want to say baggage, but there's a lot of religious connotations there. Yeah, sure. you have to do a uh, lot to get a bar mitzvah. Yeah, and I was uh, from what I know, I went to a, a school with a heavy like Jewish population. Right. So what I've learned is that it's a occasion where people like uh, 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 that's you get a lot of money as like a teenager from just family members during a bar mitzvah. Right. Yeah, uh, it's mostly a bunch of like uh, Jewish relatives and stuff like that. A lot of gifts, money, and it, it's it's big. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. You, I now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably what Keenan's scheme was <laughs> to just get. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. If we broke it down, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, then we, let's see what else happens. Uh, uh, drinking fish grease, selling my kidney. <laughs> that, that goes into <laughs> that one was way too far. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even uh, funny. It was so concerning. That joins my uh, facts about Kel. Only has one kidney. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, like, how can you? Like, you can't undo that. He, he's he's also like fifteen. <laughs> like, what kind of? You need some serious consent to do that at that. There young. is. I mean, there's so much with that. Like, why did he? Why they have to say they couldn't think of anything else? Right? It's like they could have said running on running onto the Chicago Bulls court during halftime or something. Right? Well the last one is is eat almost more t- terrible. Gluing myself to that train. <laughs> it's this whole thing is so very concerning. Yeah, and Ke- Keenan says, Oh yeah, you ran fast. I had to <laughs> Yeah. Which is how did they get out of that one? I how I don't These know. These are a bunch of like implied episodes that happen. And that's how it would end like before they go to like the cut to that'd be the last scene, right? Cal is glued to a train, he's running as fast as he can, and you don't really find out what happens. Right. Um I also want to point out about this scene and this kind of I guess this day. Cal is wearing a Jackie Robinson jer- or shirt or jersey, except so for everybody who isn't a baseball fan, uh, Jackie Robinson, you know, the first African-American uh, baseball player. He played for the, uh, I believe, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, anyways, 
Uh, Jackie Robinson wore number 42, and now everybody, nobody in Major League Baseball wears number 42 because it's retired. And on Jackie Robinson Day, every single player wears 42. Well, Jackie Robinson didn't have a name on the back of his jersey because that's they didn't do that back then. But uh, Kel's, Kel's <laughs> shirt says J. Robinson on the back. <laughs> And then number 42. So I just thought that was a nice oh. little piece of uh, nice little baseball trivia for you. I'm glad I'm glad he caught that. I I did not pay any attention yep, to it. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm looking back at it now and that's that yeah, that's uh caught my eye. I think early in the episode uh, Keenan wears like it, I want to say like Rastafarian colors, uh, like a black jersey or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that he was wearing that earlier this episode, I think, with uh with like the rain, rainbow stripes across Again, lots of jersey wearing, but not a lot of sports playing. Yeah, I know they're big fans for sure. I mean, what kid? What he's got a punching bag. He's got some some kind of trophies in his room. I never identified what they were. I can't but. imagine. Um, you know, I mean, you live in a city as a kid. You know, it's like you're gonna be a, a big sports fan most likely. I mean, I, I I'm literally looking at baseball trophies on the shelf behind you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've been so, cleaning yeah, no. out my room and I've taken out all the high school stuff and I haven't gotten there yet. They're, I gotta, I gotta clear that out. But, no, they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I've, 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 I can from here see a box in my room that's got like soccer and baseball trophies. In them, yep, so. yep, because they're so important and crucial. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after Kellis all this stuff, uh, they pretty much. I mean, that's the scene. <laughs> yeah, very short, very short scene, but a lot of context. Uh, you learn a lot about the two of them, but yeah, uh, yeah. Keenan basically one kidney. Yeah, Keenan forces Kel to go through with this, and cut to the Kevin Conway show. But up, up, but up. What do you think of the Kev- Kevin Hot Kevin Conway as a host? Um, he's he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I uh, occasionally on the show there's some I call it like dated humor like eventually it gets I've, I've seen this so many times since this came out and like his his gag of like Keenan answers a question for Cal and he says I was talking to Cal yeah yeah and, and I each time it happened I got like more annoyed yeah yeah it's really um, click with me what's what's funny about this scene is that just like the setting it looks like a waiting room or it, lo- or it looks like a. It does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah, or or maybe like a like a court like a courtroom, uh, like where hearings are heard. Like it looks very. It does not look like a. <laughs> everyone's on these little like black chairs. Yeah, everyone's it's on these like, like fold up chairs. Um, and there's just, it's 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 really it's really good. I mean, they they have stickers on the back that say Kevin Conway Show. Oh, that's yeah, that's legit. They went that extra mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my my question is also most of the sets pretty dedicated to uh, Kel being a psychic and like proving him like all the tools and stuff like that. What does he do on like a regular night? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just uh, I I mean, is he like always is like his all is shtick always like proving psychics wrong? I, or, like, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's all. It seems like there's always some twist to the Kevin Conway show. Like, like you go on and then you do something remarkable and then you become famous, but, uh, or he like tries, he tries to antagonize you yes. and prove you wrong. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I, I, I've never seen that like late night or J- Jimmy Kimmel no, or something like that where he, yeah, he just is a he jerk. Said, yeah. I see you, you brought this, uh, this Komodo dragon on the stage. Why are you a bad vet? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking at the audience now, and it's a really, really interesting mix of people. It looks like people who are going to the doctor's office. Um, <laughs> like the guy in the front is wearing a hoodie, um, and the, and the and there's like there's only about twelve people there. <laughs> it's not a lot. <laughs> maybe a little. Maybe more like fifteen. Okay. Anyways. 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 Uh, so it's a pretty, a pretty funny sequence happens of uh, everyone kind of listing their experience with Kel and things that happen to them. Uh, again, kind of weird show premise that most people are in the same family. <laughs> I think it's it's not hard for a whole family to fake stuff. No, not at all. Uh, but yeah, everyone has. I like the little caption that pops up underneath everyone's name. <laughs> yep. That nice touch. Nice touch by the yeah. uh, producers. Keenan is the best friend of the psychic. Yep. Cheryl is amazed by the psychic. <laughs> Keenan's dad is annoyed by the psychic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyra thinks the psychic is way cute. <laughs> and uh, the 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 uh, greatest Chris- the greatest character <laughs> the greatest person on the panel. It's um. Chris as Ezekiel <laughs> with quotes around it. He's dressed as an, an Amish man. <laughs> Do you recall what his caption is? Full of problems. <laughs> <laughs> Which that, that's just always funny. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> Very well done. Yes. Uh, and yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah, they go through kind of everyone's experiences. Uh, Chris uh, admits to the crowd, much to their chagrin, that he has dreams of being chased by giant bunnies. <laughs> to which he explodes and says, like you know, <laughs> describes them as teeth as big as a barn door. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just laughing. <laughs> Which do you think that that's scary? A bunny that big? Hey, I've seen. Uh, was it was that movie Harvey with uh, James? <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, right. That's pretty spooky. Oh, isn't that also about psychics? <laughs> isn't that movie know, about it, psychics? It. it I, I know it's about. It's about um, like the future. <laughs> oh, we're on to something here. <laughs> we are we are uncoding the uh, the script <laughs> for this episode. I looked at this episode versus that so Raven. I haven't looked at the '60s movie Harvey. <laughs> well, uh, we gotta we gotta roll the giant bunny tape here. Um, All right. Uh, so they bring Kel to the stage, and Kel does not want to be on the stage. He's constantly running back yeah, and being he, pushed up by. Yeah, he's pushed out. Um, then then he runs to the exit, and then he's pushed back on stage. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he says to the person that pushes on the stage, "Back up before I back you up." <laughs> Which is, <laughs> it's very, it's just very. I, I think it's great because he he he's doing the running, he's trying to right. escape, and then they say, "No, go on stage," and he says, "I'm gonna fight you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clearly, just doesn't want to be there, and he's being pressured to be there, and he doesn't want to be there. So yeah, they they do the bit about Kevin Kevin Conway just asking Cal very directly. Uh, and they talk about Kel's history. We learn a couple more things. Yep, yep. We learned that uh, uh, Kel was a psychic since last Wednesday, and that when he was six, he once ate fifty-six caterpillars. I believe that's fifty-six caterpillars. <laughs> First off, how do you? F- you're a kid. You're six years old. How do you find fifty-six caterpillars? That's a, that's a, a feat all of its own. That is remarkable. You must have a Counting. caterpillar plant. At six. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to know where the people... I'm looking at the audience. I want to know where these people are now. And what do they t- what do they tell people? <laughs> like, when somebody asks them, like, what do you do? Or, who, like, what yeah. have you been... Like, if they're actors, what have you been in? Like, oh, yeah, I was... Yeah, they're all extras and stuff. I was in that one episode of Keenan and Kel. 
What's worse is people like uh, Kevin Conway, the the guy that played him. He's in like two things. We got like, this is one of them. Like Adam, we got to start finding these people <laughs> and getting them on the show. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we ha- and just breaking down these scenes. What they're get the inside they're, scoop. Twenty four years older. They're still around. Yeah, surely. definitely. I mean, the couple of them look really young. Cal uh, also also admits that he, when he was younger, he hit his head many times. <laughs> As w- he was pressured by Keenan to say that, of course. Yep. So Kevin Conway uh, determ- uh, he se- uh, exclaims that they're gonna find out if he's a real psychic or big lying faker. And then they cut to the next scene, and this is where the other transition comes in. So Kel oh. Kel Kel's head turns to the side, and his nose grows really really long into the <laughs> until the end of the scene, like Pinocchio. Right. Which was a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. And uh, we. Uh, so, what do you think of Kevin Conway's scheme right here? Do you think this is good TV? This is like or do you, borderline. Do you think this is a good way? <laughs> this Go is ahead. a borderline like torture. Like <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It's actually borderline torture. Do you want to explain what it is? Uh, so everyone, uh, incl- so all the witnesses, not like not like Keenan, his like manager or so so like all the people that admitted that they saw him do psychic stuff innocent parties in this <laughs> have helmets on with uh with a big red light on the on the front and the, this contraption over the ears and so when Kel presses the wrong button uh, if you press the right button the green light turns on woohoo if you press the wrong button they hear a loud sound in their ears terrible <laughs> it's just awful like well, I, I learned about that recently, how it's like, you know, uh, vision's one thing. You can have that corrected in certain ways, laser eye surgery and, and stuff. Uh, but, like, you only have your set type of hearing. There's no, right. like, thing you can do to fix that. Yeah, it's very easy to lose your hearing. Like, if you blast music way sure. too loud. and It's like our cousin Vic, he did a lot of drummer stuff and a lot of, you know, concert stuff. So his crowd hearing isn't great now at almost 30. Oh, what'd you say? I couldn't hear you. No, I'm joking. Right. I'm joking. I made that joke. I made that joke with my uh, anatomy professor because he has hearing aids. Um, and he's like 74 or something. He's like the first day. He's like, um, <laughs> it's like I don't hear very well, so you got to speak up. He's this Italian guy. He only has like three teeth. And uh, and I go, what? <laughs> he goes, oh lemma. Oh, he's a jokester. <laughs> so, anyways, that's good. Anyways, continue on my little anecdote. Uh, yeah, but just just saying that I, I don't know what kind of waiver they signed, but I would never sign up for uh, having permanent like ear damage to myself. And of course, it's a it's a sitcom. They're not not really hearing anything in their ear. Yeah, maybe we should stop taking the show so literally. <laughs> maybe this is our our kryptonite. What I'm saying is that, like, if if you took Raven Baxter from That's a Raven and put her in this situation, she would fail it. <laughs> she, she doesn't, like, control when she gets visions or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't... And her visions are never like, oh, press that button and not that yeah, button. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite the lazy scheme to, like, disprove a psychic. Yes. Uh, so, Kel starts guessing buttons. And uh, they're the wrong buttons. He never presses the right button. He just <laughs> delivers loud sounds into all of the Rockmores and, and Chris. Uh, multiple times to Mr. Rockmore. I, I like, uh, uh, I think very subtly, Mr. Rockmore says, that's the same button <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and Keenan, uh, I, uh, all right. So I'll admit that this is the first moment of Keenan Kel that I 
was not a big fan of. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, where uh, Keenan, uh, uh, after, so his whole, sch- this has been Keenan's scheme this whole episode, to get Kel to be a psychic, uh, to like, pass him off as a psychic. It's his lie, basically, and Kel's just going along. Kel's apologizing for pretending to be a psychic and all that, and Keenan's just really mad, he's going to like, fight him and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like his best friend, he's just all... Yeah, Kel's like, weaponizing the, the <laughs> sound buttons to to fight him which is is funny but he's the thing that Keenan shouts really it reminds me of the of uh uh let's see the taming of the the tainting of the screw where he's like where where Kel is in the courtroom on his knees pleading to Keenan <laughs> like yep. he, he's saying like we're still boys right we're still yeah, boys yeah. that he's he literally screwed him out of like millions of dollars and he's like just pleading to him to still be my friend in this one <laughs> Keenan says to Kel, "You're supposed to be my boy." Yeah, <laughs> like because he's not lying for him. Yeah, yeah, it is a like, very, it is very dark. Because he was like caught in a situation where he can't lie anymore, and he, like, he was caught with his pants down basically, and he's delivering pain to him. Yeah, it is, it is very sticky. It is, it goes down a very sticky road. For sure. I'm I'm not a fan of the, the ending of the episode. Just throwing it out there. It's fun. It's funny, and on first glance, it's harmless. But yeah, it's it, I think Keenan goes to a mean place to his friend, who's only doing everything you told him to. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, the scene kind of ends with Kel yelling, um, with Kel yelling, I'm not a psychic, I'm just a child. Which uh, I think is a subtle, uh, like that catchphrase comes back a couple times later. I'm just a child. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a child. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yep, that's the episode. Yep. Uh, we go back outside to the curtain where, uh, you know, Kel does like a, I knew that type of thing. And uh, Keenan, uh, for the first time, lists a couple things for Kel to get with a new scheme. A raccoon and some fruit juice. <laughs> to which Kel says, raccoons don't even eat fruit juice. Or drink. Which drink. Don't even drink fruit juice. Which I I think a raccoon would drink fruit juice. Probably. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, I they eat fruit. They'd probably drink it, but uh, yes, that's that's the episode. That's it. Alright, so uh, what are your impressions at the end of this one? Um I I was like, you know, I really thought that this episode inspired that so Raven. Uh, I don't see <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't sure. see how it couldn't have. Um, it, it's it's so like yeah, it, it just follows the same line. Um, I thought it was funny how just like the dynamic of the whole family was trying to, I like they they even they supported the decision <laughs> for Kel to go on the show enough. Like that, they just went along with it, and they were on TV. Um, though I don't know, it's very like it was almost one of those episodes where they tried to do too much. Yeah, uh, they they had a good premise throughout the whole episode; it was continuous for sure. But uh, Keenan's plan isn't really totally thought through. No, and it doesn't really come to a conclusion either. No, I I feel like the show ends really abruptly after the Kevin Conway episode. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I'd like a, I like a follow-up scene where they kind of apologize to each other. I, I don't know. It, it, uh, it left a sour taste in my mouth, Keenan's attitude. But uh, so who, whose fault do you, do you think it is? Or whose fault do you think is more, more specifically, this episode? Uh, more specifically, Keenan. But at the same time, Kel could have told people in the very beginning... Yeah, that's true. Right, so he could have said, "Oh, I, I, I'm not gonna." Yeah, I, I'm not gonna blame Cal for his lack of intelligence, right, and, right, 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 and foresight. Yeah, in that sense, but, it's definitely Keenan's fault. Absolutely, and it's been a lot of Keenan thus far. I, I, I think the at some point that dynamic's gonna like shift later in the show, but so far it's most of mostly Keenan's totally his mostly Keenan's doing. That's right. Uh, I have like fifty fifty for tainting of the screw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, Keenan sued them, but Kel, as he declares, puts the screw in the tuna. Yes. All right. Uh, so, running the Rigby numbers, uh, they go through, They actually tear through some of Chris's inventory this episode. Uh, a two liter of orange soda, an apple, either a donut or a bagel, something Kel gets out of the container, and a box of tissues, if you recall, <laughs> where Kel uh, takes off the shelf when he learns that he's going to be in the show and starts, like, you know, ripping through them. <laughs> uh, so, yep, yeah, uh, that adds to the total. I'm, uh, you know, until we hit some significant numbers, this is just all peanuts to the, to the <laughs> mountain of Google <laughs> Pops. <laughs> or the, uh, the... And the Skunkator skunk comics, comics, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yep, uh, that's as far as I got it. Uh... I guess uh, anything else with this episode before uh, yeah, Kel has one kidney now that we've established. Um, we gotta we gotta give it a rating. Oh, absolutely. So um, uh, on IMDb, this is ranked. Uh, let's see. This is ranked number twenty nine. That's kind of like high medium in the list of episodes, and with a score of seven point six. Ah. So I guess uh, yeah, high medium uh, on the upper half of the show. Which I, I I might see that. Uh, well, out of ten bottles of soda, how many would you give this episode? Um, I would say, I would say seven, six and a half, seven, probably seven. All right. Yeah. It's pretty yeah pretty high amounts. Uh, I, I'd see. So, uh, I want to give it points because it introduced uh, <laughs> who loves orange soda, which is great. Most of the show coast off that line. That said, I. I think it's like a to me it's very much of an average to almost below average episode. It in terms of the, I th- I feel like the dynamic gets better, but I, I guess I'll be fair and give it like a I'm th- I was thinking like four or five. Oh wow. Pr- yeah, I know, pretty low. I'll give it a five just to you know, this is an average I episode. I think it was good. There's- I think the the writing's kind of saved it. There were some very clever lines and some very clever things. Um so I think the writing was was pretty solid in this episode. A lot of lists, but uh no, I mean I think I stand by my my six and a half, seven, something around there. So yeah, and that's it's good that we. I I feel like our grades were a little too close. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going I'm going all in. Four. You're giving it a four. Like, like right below average. Wow. Is average I, four? Isn't average six? I give average of a five. I guess average in Keenan Kel show. Yeah, uh, but uh, four just because of how repetitive it was. Uh, say last last episode doing things at Hemingway. We did all kinds of... They had a bunch of lists. Uh, every scene was a new thing. And it was just a lot of the same scenes over and over again. Right, right, right. So. All right. Uh, fair I, enough. I, 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 hey, it, it's... Uh, I want to have a low point so I can say everything else is above it. 
Who knows? This could be the worst episode. I hope so. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, so I call this like the first dud of the run, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, but uh, there's some definitely some jewels coming up uh, in season one. Can't wait. Uh, so next time, uh, please join us for episode five, Da Bomb. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> Which I think is a real 90s episode. Oh, I cannot uh, wait. So, yep. Uh, you think you think 4 is too mean? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a 5. Alright, alright. <laughs> we settled. <laughs> for, an, for an arbitrary number that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it, can, it can't be average with the orange soda thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll score below it, so. 4.5 to 5. Alright. Uh, so, do you want to do you want to leave close this out? Aw, here it goes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If you want to stay in touch, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash Podcast. Our social media accounts are all at Podcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks, everybody.